You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner, presented by Randstad Rysmart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner. Good afternoon. I'm career coach Aaron Rovner, and thanks for joining me for Career Conversations this Monday afternoon. I'm extremely passionate about helping people thrive in their careers, and over the next 30 minutes, we'll provide tips and strategies to help you recover from a layoff, find your next opportunity, update your resume, prep for an interview, or transition to a new career. With more than 40 million people currently out of work as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, I'm sure many of you have either experienced a job loss or you know someone who has. And even if you are still currently working, or like a lot of us are working from home, I'm sure everyone listening likely has some degree of uncertainty about what their professional future holds. And I hope that we can provide some guidance to everyone so you can achieve success and growth in your careers. On today's show, we're gonna focus on a document that everyone needs but doesn't necessarily love, the dreaded resume. As always, if you have a question you'd like us to answer on air, send us an email at careerconvoswvox at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswvox. For a little background about myself, I'm a senior career coach with Ronstad Rysmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. I have over 15 years of experience in career services and recruiting, working with all kinds of wonderful people to help them get jobs. I'm joined today by two incredible guests. The first is Leslie Remsberg. She's the Director of Resume Services at Ronstead Smart. Leslie leads a team of writers around the globe and supports clients at all professional levels in a number of diverse industries. Leveraging years as a career and educational services director, consultant, and certified professional resume writer for international and executive clients, she understands the challenges of today's job seekers and how to help them discover the unique value that they offer. In addition to her, we have Alicia Buzan, the Senior Manager of Resume Services at Ronstadt Rysmart. Alicia leads a global team of resume writers who support clients at all professional, executive, and C-suite levels for a pretty diverse range of global corporations. She is a certified professional resume writer, and so she's written thousands of resumes from everyone from recent college grads to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Thank you both so much for joining me for a career conversation today. So say hello and welcome. Hi, Erin. Thank you. So for our kind of first segment, I really wanted to focus on the different parts of the resume. You know, one of the things that people think about when they think of resume is they think, oh, well, it's only work, it's this, it's that, and the other thing. And what that tends to lead to is that sometimes people will say to me, Erin, I talked to my mom and I talked to my friend and I talked to my cousin and they told me totally different things about what should be in my resume. You know, do I include volunteer experience? You know, do I include my education? What comes first? What comes second? And so I'd love to turn it over to you guys. Why is it that if you ask two different people for advice on your resume, you seem to get two different answers? So I was hoping, Leslie, you could start by giving us your two cents on what's the big deal with all the different advice? Yeah, thanks, Erin. I'm, I'm excited to talk on this topic today. And I've talked with so many people who are job searchers about this exact question. And my answer to this would be first, understand that you don't want to ask just anyone what they think. 
Um, that Maybe that's rule number one. Uh, so when somebody says, I asked my cousin, I asked my sister, I asked my friend, um, we have to make sure that we're asking an expert. So someone who recruits or hires for the job that you are trying to apply for, who could tell you what are the skills and experience that you most need to show on your resume. So to me, that's the most critical thing that you have to identify as a job seeker. What are the skills and experience that I need to show that I have that align with this job that I'm interested in and planning to apply for? So, and if a few people have, you know, a few ideas to answer that question, that's okay. It's all helpful as long as you're going to the right source. You know, somebody might like a little green or they might like um, a little blue on a resume and you could be going into a field where you want to do something more creative and you want some design input but a hiring manager just wants to see that you're qualified and so when you ask people for advice seek out people who can provide answers to the question of what should I put in my resume that's going to show that I'm the top candidate for whatever type of job that you're interested in. Leslie, that is so smart and such a good point. Now, in terms of kind of trying to find out like what you should put on there and, you know, and especially some people might say, I don't know a hiring manager. Um, how do we start with the basics? And so, Alicia, what do you feel like people should be asking themselves as they're just kind of putting together their resume so that they can align with that job and planning time? Um, that's a great question. So I kind of want to take a step back really quickly, though, and, and bring forward the fact that res resume writing is very subjective. So, you know, you've got one resume and you ask four different people, you're going to get four different responses. Um, so I really wanted to kind of bring home the fact that this document is something that you need to be able to speak to. So you need to make sure that it's written in words and language that you would speak fluidly to in an interview. Um, so just kind of come from the place of knowing that it's a very subjective resume and if you're asking a whole bunch of people, you know, do, what do you think about this? Do you like that? You're always going to get four different answers and you're going to end up diluting the resume and you're going to lose faith in the content of the resume. So as Leslie said, go to people who do this for a profession, who really understand what it means to use that resume and how to best apply for the jobs that they're seeking for for that resume. That's such um, a great point. Yeah. Um, well, so right now I'm going to have us take a quick break, um, but I hope you all join us right after this because when we come back, we have a trend that I've been seeing a lot online about infographics and graphics on the resume and whether that's smart or whether that might come back to bite you depending on where you go. Um, so right after this break, uh, come back and join us to hear more. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. Ronstadt Rise Smart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt Rise Smart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner. Presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner. 
Welcome back to Career Conversations. I'm your host, career coach, Erin Rovner, and in this segment, Randstad Rysmart resume writing experts, Leslie Resberg and Alicia Buzan are going to answer your resume questions. So now this is the section that a lot of people talk to me about. They say, Erin, I'm online and I see these resumes and it's like Skittles exploded on the page. It's a rainbow, there's infographics, there's all kinds of stuff around. And so there's always these people saying, well, I wanna get creative. I wanna have my resume stand out. And I will say that even for me myself, sometimes I'm like, oh, this works, it really looks great. And sometimes it just doesn't work. And so I'm really hoping that you guys can help me dig into this. Like where's the line when you've gone too far where a hiring manager is like why am I looking at a rainbow is this person working is this a person um, and where's the fall where it stands out without feeling like oh man I've really made a mistake so Alicia I'm hoping we can start with you this time what is your thoughts on infographics and even just graphics and resumes so again um, another great question um, and again this is this is subjective and it's really important that when people want to use an infographic resume, they make sure that they know who their audience is, right? So if you're in a creative field, you know, then it's probably appropriate to use an infographic resume. If you're an accountant, it's probably going to fall upon, you know, deaf eyes. I don't know, I'm trying to say deaf ears, but you know, it probably wouldn't go as good for somebody who's an accountant. So it's really understanding who your audience is. And, you know, it's interesting because when I look at infographic resumes, you know, you do, you see some really great ones, and then you see some that are just like you said, a rainbow of Skittle color overload. What I always tell people is if you want to use an infographic resume, take your resume to somebody who you trust, have them look at it and have them give them your immediate first impression. If they can't even focus on, con if they can't even like see what the direction of the resume is, if they can't get past the color, then you know it's just total overkill and it's not going to be an effective document. Um, a quick story, I actually had um, an infographic resume come across my desk and I took a look at it and there was a picture of a guy on the front of it. He had put a picture of himself, which was fine, um, and then there was colors and all this design around him, but his teeth were so white. I couldn't stop looking at his teeth, which totally negated the entire purpose of me looking at his resume, right? It totally distracted me from it. So I feel like if somebody has somebody that they feel very comfortable with and saying, hey, can you look at this infographic resume and see if it actually is a productive document? It's, you know, it's just finding that balance of where is it overkill and where is it actually becoming a good relevant document that's going to help somebody in their job search. And then you also have to deal with, you know, the, the ATS, um, scannability too. So if you're applying for a job online, you know, 99% of these ATS machines aren't necessarily going to be able to read an infographic resume. So the content that you've written into this probably would be null and void anyway. Um, so that's definitely something to consider also. And then again, it's just like I said earlier, I just want to drive home. It's knowing who your audience is, making sure that you understand that who's going to be seeing this and whether they're going to appreciate the fact that you put all this effort into making an infographic resume. Absolutely. I mean, there's really very few people out there who are getting hired based on how white their teeth are. So yeah, that's <laughs> never really going to land with anyone. Um, so Leslie, I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on, you know, are there, are there points where using graphics is a good plan when it's not a good plan? You know, what have you kind of come across with this kind of, you know, overly designed resume, I guess? Yeah, I mean, graphics can be helpful, right? Let's say you're a salesperson and you 
want to make sure that you write on your resume that you have beat quotas by 100%, that you doubled year-over-year revenue, but maybe a complementary visual to show upward you know, trajectory market share growth would be a really nice visual to complement what you're saying on the resume. But when it comes to adding creative elements to a resume, when you see an infographic online that looks enticing to you and you want to incorporate some of those elements into your own resume, what I advise is one or two, you know, maybe one or two, maybe you add one or two graphics, make sure it's not information that you need to be picked up on a keyword search, make sure it's complementary to the information you've already written on your resume. If you want to add a little color, you know, maybe add a splash of color, one or two different colors, don't do the, the, the skittle rainbow that we've been talking about. And if you want to add, you know, one or, one or two other creative elements, it's okay. Um, but don't overdo it. And, and that's sort of a, a good general rule of thumb, I think, in adding those kinds of things to support what's already on your resume. Just don't distract from the, the content, right? Because the whole purpose of the resume is to get the job. And to get the job, you need the content to prove that you're the best person for that role. Colors, pictures, design isn't going to get you the job unless, you know, it's a creative role. And then in that case, you probably have a portfolio anyway. So really focus on the language in your resume, not necessarily the fancy bells and whistles of the design element. Yeah, I have to say that as a recruiter, I've never seen a resume and thought, man, this person has all the right skills, but you know what? I really just don't love the font and design choice that this person made, so I'm not going to call them in. It just hasn't, I mean, maybe there's a, please write into us, guys, careerconvoswbox at gmail.com if that's happened to you, but it just doesn't happen on a regular basis if you don't have the right content. If you're not showing your skills, you could have the most beautiful, pristine resume in the world, but it won't do you any good. Um, and I love what you were saying, Leslie, is that sometimes getting creative could just be, you know, a logo or something small or something that isn't going to impact the rest of the design, but will really give you kind of exactly what you're looking for. Um, so with that, uh, we're going to take another quick break. But again, please stay with us because we have a really great question that will hopefully help all of you as well. So stay tuned and we'll be back in a flash. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. Ronstadt RiseSmart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt RiseSmart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner. Presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Erin Rovner. Welcome back to Career Conversations. I'm your host, career coach, Erin Rovner. And in this segment, our resume writing experts, Leslie Remsberg and Alicia Buzan, are going to answer your resume questions. So this first question is from Raquel in Port Chester. And she writes to us, I've been working for many years, but my work is all over the place. I don't know what to include in my resume and what do I leave out? How do I make myself sound good to employers when I don't know the best information to include? 
So I'd love to kick this over to Leslie. What would your advice be to Raquel as she starts to kind of take her resume and her work that might be all over the place and put it into something that employers really want to see? Sure. I mean, you know, one of the things that when I talk to folks who have been in different roles, what I have always found about looking at their backgrounds and talking it through with them is that it's a really great thing that they have, do have a diverse skill set. So I'll start with that. It's great to be able to see that they can be versatile and perhaps they were asked into different roles because they are, they can be versatile. They can roll with the punches and Oftentimes, those are the other kinds of things to think about that you want to be able to share uh, through your resume. Um, but then when it comes to you know, not wanting to appear as a jack of all trades on your resume to make sure that it's focused and targeted to the type of role that you want to apply for, you really just have to put yourself in the hiring manager's shoes. So... Some folks, you you may find that there are a few different jobs that really you could be a good fit for, and that's okay. And for each one of those types of jobs that you could be a good fit for because you have years of relevant experience and the right skill set, then maybe you'll have a few different sort of versions of a base resume that you'll work from to tailor for specific opportunities in these different areas. Or maybe you've decided that moving forward, you really want to focus on one specific job target. And if that's the case, then you just want to make sure that your resume is most appealing to whatever that, that target is that you have. Um, and, you know, something else that we have to remember is that it's great if we can do recruiters and hiring managers a favor and only include what's relevant for them to know about our background and skill set on a resume. They certainly don't have time to read through a whole resume. They've got six seconds before they choose the yes or no pile. So we, we want to make our jobs easy and it's okay to do that. It's okay to not have everything in your resume. A resume is a, a snapshot, a little glimpse at what you have that is a fit for the job or the gap that they're trying to fill. So when you keep those things in mind, it can also take the pressure off of feeling like you need to like throw in the whole kitchen sink in your resume because you don't. You don't need to include every experience if it's not relevant. You don't have to include every experience if it's short term. Just include the things that would resonate to you as a hiring manager or to the hiring manager from what you know about the job and align your resume in that way. Um, as far as how many years of experience to show on a resume, if you, if you feel like um, you have the right uh, experience in different places, general rule of thumb is to, to detail the past 10, 15 years on a resume. You, you want to keep it relevant, right? And in an interview, if you're talking to somebody and they're asking you questions, you're probably going to be talking out, uh, talking about what it is that you've most recently done. Could be as far back as the past 10 to 15 years. You're probably not going to talk about things that you've done older than that because job responsibilities and duties and technologies, it changes. So it's not relevant in that sense. So you also don't need to put it on your resume. Um, 
So I hope that's helpful to kind of think about, I mean, there's just so many different scenarios that could come with this, but I hope that that helps to give some insight into really just put yourself in the hiring manager's shoes, make sure that what you're incorporating is, are the kinds of things that they're going to want to see. You don't have to add everything, but add something here or there can show some added value. The point of a resume is to get an interview. In an interview, you can elaborate on anything. You can say, I also have this extra set of skills should you have this need, right? But use the resume to get an interview to fill the gap that they're, they're looking, that they have the need for. Leslie, that's such a good point. And I like to add on top of that, if you're ever not sure, how do I think like a hiring manager? The easiest trick that I have is put yourself in the place where you might hire someone for. So you might hire a hairdresser or a barber and you might say, okay, well, how do I evaluate them? You wouldn't care if 20 years ago, you know, they were cutting grass as their first job, unless you consider your hair to be like grass, which is a separate problem that we probably can't help you with in this conversation. But if they also were saying, hey, look at all this other experience, you more are, are more likely to hire them by saying, well, what hair have you cut in the last year? You know, what barbershop did you work in? What salon have you been in? And so you can see how that when you're looking to evaluate something, you're looking at what's relevant, and then you can try and apply that same principle to the job that you're looking at. Um, but Leslie, that was such a great answer, and I'm so excited for that. So we have our second question of the week, which is kind of a big one. And so our next question comes from Jane in White Plains, who writes, I haven't written a resume in years. I recently lost my job and I don't even know where to start. How do I address my job loss on my resume? So Alicia, I'm really excited for you to take on this question because I'm sure that Jane is not the only person dealing with it. So I'd love to hear any insight on where she should start and what she should do. Yeah, that's actually a great question. One right now that we are hearing so frequently with the way um, our world is. One of the things that I have always told people, and this is pre-COVID, pre-anything that we're dealing with in the world right now, is nobody needs a resume until they need a resume. And what that means is that nobody's really interested in updating their resume on a daily basis because you never know when you're going to need it. So I always tell people, have your resume in your back pocket ready to roll. Because when you need a job, you just never know. Life changes. Things happen. Um, you know, the next best job could pop up and you need to be ready right on the spot. So that being said, most people don't really have their resume on the go. So what I would tell people is when you're creating your foundational resume, um, you know, focus like we had just spoke about in the last 10 to 15 years. Think about what's relevant in the job market. Feel like look into what it is you want to do. What have you been doing and what is your next target career goal? When you're taking that into consideration, get on the internet and start looking at job postings. And when you're creating that resume, look at the keywords, look what the job requirements are for the role. And build your resume around that as far as, you know, look, build it up so that when you're applying for the job, the keywords that are found in the job description are going to be able to be pulled um, from the resume when you apply online. But back to actually how to build the resume. Now, this is just going to be a very quick five-second tip on how to make a resume in five minutes or less. Um, go through it and think about things that you're proud of. Right? That's the number one question I always ask people when they're writing their resume, what are you most proud of? Think about your last few roles and the things that you stepped away from those roles being really proud of. Because when you get into an interview situation, these are the conversations that are going to be organic, natural, and you're going to be really excited to talk about. So think about the things that you're excited about. 
Think of what you're proud of. Think of differences that you made in your company, um, money that you made, money that you saved, teams that you led, um, lines of business that you helped create, processes that you improved. I mean, just really anything that helped the bottom line of the company made a difference that your boss would be like, oh my gosh, yes, this is so, you know, she did such an amazing job at this. Things that people are going to be proud of for you. Um, and really the whole point of the resume is to tell your professional story. So make sure that it, it's relative to you. Make sure that every single word that you write sounds like you wrote it, that you're comfortable speaking. Some people I know like to use big fancy words, but unless you're going to use big fancy words in a normal conversation with somebody, don't do it. Not on your resume. This is where you want to be able to speak to every single word that's in there. Um, when you have bullets, Make sure every one of those bullets tells a story. So as a hiring manager, if I get a resume and it's just a full list of bullets, I'm not going to read it because it's bullet overkill. Half of the time, the stuff that's in the bullets is probably what's found in the job description and it doesn't tell me anything about what it is that you did, the benefit, the difference that you made in the company that you work for. And that's what I want as the hiring manager. That's what I want to know because I only want to bring on people who are going to better my company. So if I can see the proof that you did that in your last role, that's what's going to make me so excited to bring you on board to my team and get you in for that interview. Because remember that resume, the purpose of the resume is to get an interview. I love that. And I do have to say that sometimes when I see bullet points, my biggest pet peeve with a resume is the word various, where I'll see someone who said performed various tasks. And I'm like, what does, what does that mean? Various. So if you see that word and you're listening to this program, just, you know, do a quick search and just delete it because performs tasks and perform various tasks means the same thing. I actually, Erin, have my own giant pet peeve word on resume. Oh, what is it? It is the word responsible. <gasps> that do is not use the word responsible to start a bullet. If, if, basically, the way I tell people is if it says, if it's, if you're using responsible in your resume, it's basically the same thing you found on a job posting and it's not interesting to me because I probably wrote the job posting. So I already know what's there, <laughs> right? I love that. So I want to see the difference that you made. So don't use the word responsible in a resume for anything. I love that because also if you take out responsible, you're starting that bullet point with a verb. With an, an actionable action, point. You know, yep. Exactly what you did. Oh my gosh, I'm learning so much. Um, so that's all the time we have this week on Career Conversations. But please tune in next week where we'll be doing a deep dive into virtual interviews. We know you're doing them. We know they're happening. Let's get you prepared. If you have a job search question that you'd like us to answer on air, please email us at careerconvoswbox at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswbox. Until then, I'm Erin Robner, and I look forward to our next career conversation every Monday at 1230 right here on WVOX and online at wvox.com. Stay safe and see you next week.